Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back into the Force to Punt podcast. I am Steven Serta. Thank you for joining me each and every week. Uh, no Dusty Likens this week. Hopefully he'll be back next week for the fantasy playoffs. And we'll uh, help you guys get ready to go try to get on your title run. Uh, so just me this week. We got a ton of matchups to get to. It's a very strange week uh, as I'm recording this on Wednesday morning. We still haven't wrecked, wrapped up. Week 12 of the NFL season. Uh, Ravens and Steelers set for 240 today. And uh, barring any setbacks, that game should finally get played. So I don't need to discuss that matchup much. If you've got those guys in your lineups, you've already committed to them uh, potentially winning or losing you a week. So should be fun. We got some happy hour football on a Wednesday. ton of matchups to get to, so let's just get right to it. The New Orleans Saints take on the Atlanta Falcons. They played a couple of weeks ago. It was Taysom Hill's debut, I guess. Um, you guys know how I feel about Taysom Hill. I'm not putting him in my lineup. I don't think that he's a good player. I don't think that he's a good quarterback. I still refuse to acknowledge what Sean Payton is doing with him. I think it's very frustrating to fantasy owners because Jameis Winston could be a a, an incredible fantasy asset if Sean Payton would just put him in the lineup, but he's refusing to do so because he made a bad decision giving Taysom Hill a big contract. So don't put Taysom Hill in your lineup, even in what appears to be a favorable matchup, even in, in a matchup where, you know, he had a decent fantasy output a couple of weeks ago. But that was when you could put him in, in your tight end spot. You can't do that now. He is a starting quarterback, and so there's much better starting quarterback options out there than Taysom Hill. Uh, but where I'm, what I'm really worried about when it comes to the Saints is Alvin Kamara. He saw less than 50% of the snaps two weeks ago, and I felt like we didn't pay enough attention to that. And then last week on the Fantasy Show, I talked to Ben Heiser from SI.com about this. I was worried going against the Broncos with their practice squad quarterback, Kendall Hinton, that the Saints were going to say, well, this is basically a bye week for us. We can rest a lot of guys and, and you know, not really show a lot, not really put a lot of effort in on offense. That's exactly what they did. Alvin Kamara was not involved in the passing game at all for the second consecutive week. He did not get that many touches. Latavius Murray had over 100 yards and two touchdowns. I'm afraid that trend is going to continue until Drew Brees gets back as long as the Saints keep winning games. 
that's very frustrating because we know Alvin Kamara is a top three running back in fantasy football, and you don't want to ha- be the guy who who just plugs and plays Latavius Murray on a weekly basis. Sean Payton is hell for fantasy football. He knows what he's doing. He does it intentionally. He does it intentionally to make us hate him. And I've already talked about this on Six Dead Sports Radio. I do hate you, Sean Payton. I do despise you. So just give Alvin Kamara the ball. Get him. And part of the problem why he's not being involved in the passing game is because we see with Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara is not just a dump-off player. Alvin Kamara is a wide receiver at running back. Alvin Kamara can run routes down the field. And so that's what makes him such an unbelievably valuable fantasy asset. They're not doing that with Taysom Hill because Taysom Hill sucks at throwing the football. You still have to put Alvin Kamara in your weekly lineup. It's unbelievably frustrating. I totally get it. But he, he still has to go in your lineup. And I guess Michael Thomas still has to go out there. Although I don't trust him. I don't trust anybody in this passing game right now until Drew Brees gets back. So I, I wouldn't be mad at you if you sat Michael Thomas. But against the Falcons, you know that, that game against the Raiders, that's the outlier here. And so you just, have to, you just have to play Michael Thomas. I don't trust anybody else on this Saints team to put it in my lineup outside of I I guess I would put in Latavius Murray again. Uh, the, this Falcons run defense is actually pretty good, but we we've seen that if if he gets the ball behind this offensive line and he's active in the offense, he can produce in fantasy. As far as the Falcons go, Julio Jones did miss last week. He was a game time decision. Fought through a hamstring injury all week. He's basically been dealing with this injury all season. Still managed to produce when he's been active. Um, hopefully he goes here. You know it's. It's a tough matchup, but it's really not even that tough of a matchup, to be honest. The Saints defense has been playing better lately, but I think that if Julio Jones goes here, you still have to put him in your lineup. If Julio Jones does not go here, I don't think I'm playing any Atlanta Falcon besides Calvin Ridley. I don't trust anybody in this backfield. It's a uh, terrible matchup against a great Saints run defense. I'm not putting Edo Smith or Brian Hill in my lineup on a week where I'm trying to clinch a playoff spot. And Todd Gurley, if even if he does go... Again, it's an awful matchup against the top five run defense in the NFL. I'm avoiding that backfield. Calvin Ridley obviously still in my lineup. If Julio Jones goes, I will put Matt Ryan into my lineup. If he does not go, I think I'm trying to find a streamer quarterback because we've seen multiple times this year. It is a trend now. We've got enough data on it to say that if Julio Jones is out of the lineup, Matt Ryan is not good. Hayden Hurst, I think he had like four for 48 last week. Nothing special. That's basically what he's been giving you all year. But if you've been riding with him at your tight end spot, you probably don't have anybody better, so he could still go into your lineup. Uh, The Cleveland Browns at the Tennessee Titans. Nick Chubb's a stud. Nick Chubb is an absolute monster. And he's been, since coming back from injury, Nick Chubb over 100 yards in every game. He's got two touchdowns over the last three. He's incredible. I I think that Nick Chubb is the second best pure runner in the NFL behind Derrick Henry. They basically have the same running style where, you know, they they both, they beat you down and beat you down and beat you down every snap that they touch the ball. And then in the fourth quarter, they break free and they run all over you because you're so tired from them just beating you down the entire game. You can't tackle them anymore because they're impossible to tackle. Nick Chubb's absolutely unbelievable. And he does have a tough matchup next week against the Baltimore Ravens in the first round of the fantasy playoffs. But after that... He's got the Giants and the Jets. Incredible fantasy playoff stretch. So if you can weather the storm against the Ravens next week, and the Ravens' run defense is absolutely fantastic. They have wavered a little bit lately, though, and Nick Chubb has had success against them in the past. 
So obviously you're still playing him even in that matchup. He's got week 15 and week 16 unbelievable matchups for opposing running backs, especially one as talented as Nick Chubb. So he could be a, a legitimate fantasy championship winner for you this year if you've got Nick Chubb and you can and you make it into the playoffs and you can get through the first round. Kareem Hunt, not doing nearly as much. He did have that 100-yard against the Texans a couple of weeks ago, but since then he hasn't really done all that much. He only had like 60 yards last week. But still getting enough volume, still has touchdown upside, still has to be in your lineup each and every week as much as I hate to say it. I do actually like Baker Mayfield this week going against a bad Titan secondary. I think he's going to be able to throw a little bit. He did produce for your fantasy team last week. Uh, if Julio Jones doesn't go, I might. I think I'd rather put in Baker Mayfield than Matt Ryan. So Baker Mayfield's a guy that's probably available in a lot of your leagues. Uh, Jarvis Landry had a monster game last week, has another opportunity to have a big game here. He's going to see the consistent targets from Baker as he does. Um, I was wrong last week. You know, I, I went on the fantasy show and said I just don't see the upside with Jarvis Landry. He had a monster game. He has like one or two of those every year where Baker Mayfield's just, I'm just going to target you the entire game. And this has another opportunity for that. And so maybe there is some upside here with Jarvis Landry. He could be a guy that you put in your lineup. I don't trust Rashard Higgins. Austin Hooper, good matchup for him. He did uh, he did score a touchdown last week. But he other than that, he was overall disappointing. But tight end landscape, anybody that's got tight touchdown upside, you basically have to put in your lineup. The Tennessee Titans. Uh, I love Ryan Tannehill this week. Brown secondary is absolutely awful. Denzel Ward did not play last week. Even if he goes this week, Denzel Ward's been hurt basically all year. He struggled all year. He has not looked like the, you know, elite caliber shutdown corner we thought he was going to be this season. I think part of that is just because he's been hurt all year. And the Browns secondary has been hurt all year, so he's not getting any help back there. Um, But that means I love Ryan Tannehill this week. I think he's got a lot of upside. Uh, I love A.J. Brown. He's an absolute stud. You know how much I... How, how how deep my feelings go for A.J. Brown. He's unbelievable. He's one of the most incredible yards after catch receivers that I've seen ever. Like, he's just, it, he doesn't always beat you deep, but he can take a six-yard pass and go 70 yards, and there's nothing you can do about it because you can't tackle him. He's unbelievable. Corey Davis also having a really, really nice season, and he's been really more consistent in this passing game than A.J. Brown even at times. So Corey Davis, a guy you can absolutely start this week, uh, Johnu Smith has been bad lately. He still has touchdown upside, but his yardage totals are not there. His target totals are not there. He's just not getting enough looks. Since A.J. Brown came back fully healthy, Johnu Smith just isn't getting enough looks in the offense. And, you know, the first few weeks of the season, we were saying Johnu Smith, top three tight end, like playing his, playing his name into the Kelsey Kittle conversation. He's nowhere near that anymore, but he still has seven touchdowns on the year, so you still have to play him each and every week. And obviously, Derrick Henry is in your lineup. Um, I, I, I don't need to uh, discuss Derrick Henry all that much. Coming off of an absolutely monster game yet again. The Jags at the Minnesota Vikings. This game's interesting because it's two bad defenses uh, with a lot of fantasy upside. So, Jacksonville, obviously, I don't trust Mike Glennon or Jake Luton. You know, maybe if Gardner Minshew comes back, I, I, I'd have to look into it. I don't even know what the status is at this point. On Gardner. DJ Chark did not play last week. I think if DJ Chark plays this week, I think he's a guy you can put back into your fantasy lineup. He's going to have some upside going against a Minnesota Vikings secondary that's been one of the worst in the NFL all season. Um, now, Tyler Eifert was involved in the offense last week, and I believe he did catch a touchdown. And so 
I don't. He's still not a guy. He just hasn't done anything all year. Yeah, he had three catches, for sixteen yards, and a touchdown last week against the Browns. Browns have kind of struggled against tight ends all year. I, I'm not going out and adding Tyler Eifert and putting him in my lineup or anything like that. Um, James Robinson, obviously in your lineup. The Vikings' run defense has been better, but James Robinson has just been fantastic. To put it plain and simple, even in bad matchups, he's still finding ways to produce. He's still finding ways to put up points in your in your fantasy lineup. So he he goes into your lineup without question. I feel like a lot of people are disrespecting what a great rookie year James Robinson is having. Um, he he's a guy that I was kind of floating around in trade talks a little bit, and not necessarily because I really wanted to move him. I just wanted to see what I could get for him before the trade deadline. And people weren't treating him like he's a top five running back, but he's been a top five running back. James Robinson, based on where you drafted him at the tail end of your fantasy drafts, has basically been a, a league winner for you week in and week out. He's been absolutely unbelievable, and he he deserves a little bit more respect from us as fantasy owners. But uh, uh, other than DJ Chark, uh, other than James Robinson, I think I'd like to avoid uh, this Jaguars matchup. I don't really trust Keelan Cole with their quarterback situation, despite the fact that it is it, it is a good week for, for this offense. Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook did leave last week's game with an injury for a little bit, but he wound up coming back in. Uh, it wasn't a great week for Cook. This is a great matchup for him. Uh, obviously, Dalvin Cook's going into your lineup. Uh, Dalvin Cook does have a brutal playoff run, though, so that's something to keep in mind, but you got, you got to keep putting him in your lineup. He He's an unbelievable talent. He can still find ways to produce even in tough matchups. Adam Thielen did not play last week because he was placed on the COVID list. Um, if he gets cleared to go this week, obviously you're putting him into your lineup. Justin Jefferson is going into your lineup. He was unbelievable again last week. Justin Jefferson also with, along with AJ Brown. I love Justin Jefferson, uh, about as much as I love any wide receiver in the NFL. Dude's an absolute monster. I love Justin Jefferson. This is a fantastic matchup. Uh, the Jags over the last month have been one of the worst matchups in the NFL against opposing tight ends. So it's a great play for Justin Jefferson this week. I think he's got a chance to take a long touchdown to the house. The New York Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. So I bring this game up because it, it looks like a terrible game on paper for the New York Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones is banged up. He he left last week's game and did not come back. There's a chance he doesn't play this week against the Seahawks. If he doesn't, then it's Colt McCoy, and then that kind of really changes how I feel about this game. Uh, but the guy that I really want to talk about is Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman's been ridiculous. Like, Wayne Gallman has quietly put together a very nice run here where he he's, he's clearly the Giants' lead back. Last week against the Bengals, and the Bengals are a bad run defense, so it's a good matchup. He had 24 carries for 94 yards and one touchdown. Now, obviously, yards per carry, he's not averaging a lot there, but he's getting the touches. And so at this point in the season... We just need guys that are getting touches. He's got, in the last five games, he's got six touchdowns. Like he, He's not putting up a ton of yards. 10 for 34, 12 for 44, 14 for 68, 18 for 53, 24 for 94. But he's getting a ton of volume, and he's getting touchdowns. Like There's an argument to be made that Wayne Gallman is a weekly fantasy starter moving forward, uh, you know, Unless this game gets really, really out of control because Colt McCoy's the starter and 
Dion Lewis winds up becoming a huge part of of the offense, but that just hasn't been the case. It's it's been Wayne Gallman, and so I think that Wayne Gallman is a weekly fantasy starter moving forward, barring any kind of significant change. Now, as far as the Seahawks go, DK Metcalf coming off the absolutely monster game. Uh, Russell Wilson's touchdown passes have regressed significantly, though, and so that that's not hurting your fantasy team because he's still been fine. He just hasn't been nuts like he had been uh, in the early part of the season. But you're still playing Russell Wilson each and every week because you're you're chasing those four or five touchdown games, and he's obviously fully capable of that. Russell Wilson hasn't thrown for more than two touchdowns since November 1st, so it's been a calendar month. I Against the Bills, he had a two-touchdown game. Against the Rams, he had a zero-touchdown game. Against the Cardinals, he had a two-touchdown game. And against the Eagles... He had a one-touchdown game. Now, his his yardage totals have dipped pretty significantly, too, in most of those games because Pete's starting to regress to the run. Now, that's super frustrating for the Seattle offense because they got Chris Carson back this week, but Carlos Hyde way out-touched him. Chris Carson did manage to get a touchdown. Um, That, to me, I think was just Chris Carson was banged up. They want to make sure he's healthy for the playoff run. And so they they were just kind of trying to ease him back in. I'm not too worried about it. Chris Carson's still a weekly starter in your fantasy lineup. Uh, he scored double-digit fantasy points in every game that he's been a starter this year. And so Chris Carson absolutely has to be in your lineup moving forward. I'm not worried about Carlos Hyde. Uh, DK Metcalf, obviously a star. Tyler Lockett, outside of that 200-yard game against the Arizona Cardinals on October 25th, Tyler Lockett has not had more than 67 receiving yards in a single game. Uh, he's not getting nearly as many targets, and part of that is because Russell Wilson's passing volume has gone down. I think he's got too much upside for you to bench, but it just kind of depends on the wide receivers that you're working with. Like, at this point, would you consider playing a, a, a T. Higgins over Tyler Lockett, even though T. Higgins is playing with a backup quarterback? I might, because T. Higgins still caught a touchdown last week. I know T. Higgins is still going to see more volume because... DK is the alpha in this offense now. It's not Tyler Lockett. And Tyler Lockett's a great player, but if he's not going to see the yardage totals that I know he should, then I don't see how you can trust him on a weekly basis because outside of that 200-yard, three-touchdown monster game, we're talking about a very insignificant fantasy season. He he would he would be looking at like 570 yards and five touchdowns. That's, that's not great fantasy output, if you take away that 200-yard, three-touchdown game. And so he's still a guy that he'd be a matchup-dependent player for me. This is a good matchup. You know, DK's going to be against James Bradbury. Obviously, you're playing DK no matter who he's playing. But Tyler Lockett coming out of the slot is a much better matchup going against this Giants secondary. So I think I'm still playing him this week against the New York Giants. The Kansas City Chiefs against the Denver Broncos, or it's the Broncos coming to the Chiefs. I don't know why I said it like that. Uh, I would assume Drew Locke's going to be back this week. He's passed all his COVID tests. Uh, Jerry Judy should be good to go. Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. I don't love anybody in this offense going against this hot Chiefs team that just, you know, they only won by three against Tampa Bay, but their offense in the first half, obviously Tyree Kill went absolutely bananas in that game. Uh, it, it's still a very good matchup for Tyreek Hill this week. The Broncos have struggled against opposing pass catchers all all year long. I, I you're, you're just not benching Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, or Patrick Mahomes. It's as simple as that. Uh, the Broncos are much better against opposing running games. So 
I was talking, we've been talking a lot about, about Clyde this week on, on 610 Sports Radio. And, and part of that is because, you know, he, he's, ha- he's had a quiet past couple of games. Um, and, and he had a quiet matchup earlier on against the Denver Broncos. He did score two touchdowns, one through the air and one on the ground. I think you can still play Clyde this week. Uh, he is splitting a lot more snaps with Le'Veon Bell, it feels like now. But I don't think that's his fault. The Chiefs just aren't using their running backs that much. And, and it's it's hard to justify, you know, going to a ground and pound game like they were early in the season when Patrick Mahomes is just playing at an MVP level. So I think you still have to put Clyde in your weekly fantasy lineup. Uh, it, it's just that, you know, he he's not going to be a league-winning type of running back like you were hoping for. He's, he's a guy that, you know, you need him to see... 10 to 15 touches a game and get a touchdown. That, that, that That's just what Clyde is at this point. Um, Le'Veon Bell, you can't go near him. You, you, you can't put him in your lineup. He, ha- he hasn't done anything uh, to be a, a fantasy asset whatsoever. I am a little interested in Sammy. They worked Sammy back in the offense last week, and you can pass on this Broncos defense. Sammy was really close to getting a touchdown last week, but he got stopped at the one-yard line. I I think that Sammy's got a chance to score this week. Sammy's a guy I would consider plugging into my lineup. And McCole Hardman should have had a ninety yard touchdown last week, but he dropped it. Um so he he's just he he continues to be the same type of player. He he's a boomer bust option that I absolutely do not trust in my fantasy lineups. The Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. Brutal matchup for the Rams. Uh, or for the Cardinals, I mean. The the Rams defense has has been the number one defense in football all year. They're still fantastic, despite the fact that they lost to the San Francisco 49ers last week. Kyle Shanahan's just unbelievable, man. He just, Debo Samuel, whatever wide receiver is active in that offense, like, you know, George Kittle's incredible in that offense, but all of those guys are the same type of players. They're all yak monsters. So what's that mean for Kyler Murray this week? He he has not played the the Los Angeles Rams yet this season. Uh, you know, Kyler and Kyler didn't have a great game last week. He did look a little injured. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, I, I'm still not that worried about Kyler Murray. He's going to supply that attack on the ground that he gives you each and every week. So I think you still have to put Kyler Murray in your lineup. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, absolutely brutal matchup. Jalen Ramsey's been incredible all season long. Uh, but I, I'm still going to put D Hop into my lineup. He's still got a chance to produce here. Uh, Kenyon Drake. I think I'd like to avoid Kenyon Drake this week. I, I I know he's coming off of a decent game last week. Um, just the Rams defense has just been so good this season, and, and, and I know they gave up a lot to Kyle Shanahan last week. But you know, Kenyon Drake is the clear lead back now that he's back and healthy. Chase Edmonds is not involved. Uh, you know, he had against the Bills uh, a few weeks ago. He had a hundred yards against the Seahawks. He scored a touchdown against the Patriots. He had two touchdowns. Like he just. I think you just have to put Kenyon Drake in your lineup at this point. You got to you got to ride with the guy that you drafted. Um, other than that, I, I'm probably avoiding the Arizona Cardinals in an absolutely brutal matchup. Now for the Rams, you can't play anybody in this backfield. Uh, and you know, Daryl Henderson was having a really nice ha- had a really nice like month or so where he was really producing, but then he's been struggling lately. Cam Akers coming off the big game last week, where he had over 80 yards and a touchdown, but they're literally. It's a three-headed committee. They are all completely sharing snaps. It is literally split evenly three ways. You can't start any of those guys because you're just banking on on having the guy that gets the touchdown in your lineup. It, it, it's a it's a mess. 
Um, I don't trust Jared Goff, not when I'm trying to vie for a playoff spot. Uh, the only wide receiver I really trust in this offense that I would absolutely play this week is Cooper Cup. He's going to have a good matchup against the Cardinals coming out of the slot, and, and he's going to get a ton of volume. You know, He's coming off of a down game last week, but he's going to get plenty of targets. He's going to get volume. He's our most consistent wide receiver. I'm putting Co- Cooper Cup in my lineup, and that, that that's about all I'm chasing for the Rams this week. And we do have a Monday night football doubleheader as well as a Tuesday game between the Cowboys and Ravens. Uh, I, I'm going to wrap it up with the Steelers against the Washington football team, however. This game is interesting to me. So, you know, we're, we're breaking down the uh, the potential playoff seeds the other day and kind of taking a look in the future. Uh, the Steelers obviously still undefeated. Chiefs a one-loss team. Uh, obviously, you can say Chiefs fans need the Steelers to drop a game. Now, looking at their schedule, there's a very realistic possibility the Steelers go undefeated. And, and it's not because I think they're the they're you know one of the greatest teams ever that should be a 16 and 0 team. It's just kind of how the schedule panned out this year. And they've got very winnable matchups down the stretch. They do have a game left against the Bills. You you really got to bank on the Bills beating them because that would give the Chiefs the number 1 seed in the AFC if they both finish 15 and 1. But this Washington matchup is a tricky matchup. You know, I've been waiting for that Mike Tomlin game all all year long where you know Mike Tomlin has one of those games every year where the Steelers drop a game they have no business dropping. This this game on Monday feels like it, it could be one of those games. Washington's a sneaky, talented team. Their defense is much better than you realize. Their pass defense has been good all year. They've got a really good, talented, young pass rush with uh, Montez Sweat, Chase Young. Uh, veteran Ryan Kerrigan has been really good this year. Like Their pass rush is legitimate, and, and their secondary has been strong all year. Kendall Fuller's been absolutely lights out for them. And, and so I think this is a sneaky matchup. You know, it is Alex Smith going against the Steelers defense. It's going to put a ton of pressure on you. So I, I don't think this is a great matchup for Washington on offense. I think I'm still playing Terry because the Steelers secondary has actually been uh, a lot more beatable than you realize this season. So Terry's still going to be in my lineup. Uh, I don't trust Logan Thomas in this matchup. Steelers the number one defense against uh, opposing tight ends and basically every metric you can find. Uh, they shut down tight end, so it's a terrible matchup for Logan Thomas. Antonio Gibson coming off the monster Thanksgiving game. Feels like you just have to start him. Uh, I, I, it's a tough matchup against a really tough Steelers defense, but Antonio Gibson uh, is just a baller, and so you just got to put him in your lineup. As far as the Steelers wide receivers go, it's kind of hard to project these things when they still have a Week 12 matchup to play. Um, but Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, they all just have to go into your lineup on a weekly basis. It's not a great matchup for Ben. So I don't think that I would play Ben Roethlisberger in this game, but I understand if you want to roll the dice with him, he's still going to have all the passing volume upside because he's got those three uh, really talented wide receivers. And uh, James Conner is on the COVID list, but if he winds up getting cleared for this game, uh, I could see a scenario where you would want to put him in your lineup. Um, he has not been good, and part of that is because their passing game's been so good they haven't had to run the ball, but even when he's gotten volume, he hasn't been that good. So. That's concerning for James Conner, but you probably don't have another running back who's getting that type of volume on your roster. So I do not blame you if you put him into your lineup, but I think that at this point, I might take a guy like Wayne Gallman over James Conner because Wayne Gallman, we know, is going to get multiple goal line carries per game. He's going to have touchdown upside. Well, that's week 13 uh, for the most part. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the Force to Punt podcast. You can download the Rio.com app 
Like and subscribe to all of our content on the 435 Podcast Network and 610 Sports Radio. Um, I will talk to you guys Sunday morning at 9 a.m. on Fantasy Football Sunday. Follow me on Twitter at Steven Serta. Let's do this. Let's make it into our fantasy playoffs. Let's go win. Let's go on a title run. I'll talk to you guys soon. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.